Empire. Hello and welcome to the live stream edition of the John Kai Report. Do me a favor, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube, you're joining us here. Do me a favor, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can always find us there if you're listening to this later. As part of Empire Media, A-M-P-I-R-E. Don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. You can catch Bram at ESPN 6.30. And I'll be doing another show on Thursday with Elena Getzenberg, my ESPN counterpart part in Buffalo, scouting the Bills, Friday keys, predictions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Bram, how you feeling? 2-0. and <laughs> What do you think? What, 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 do you, what do you think so far? Uh, 2-0, first time since 2011. Biggest comeback on the road since 1990. Jeff Rutledge. Um, so it's not just 2-0, and o, it's 2-0 and o in pretty unique ways. And, you know, when you rewatch and go look back at the whole thing, I mean, there's a lot to really like. The start is not. Um, but outside of that, this is the second week in a row that they've come back from a halftime deficit. Second week in a row, they come back from a fourth quarter deficit. One of the things I'd like to talk about with you tonight, honestly, is how in command they are during the two minute drill. It's happened twice already. Oh I mean, this is the first offense of yes. a young quarterback. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's a lot. And, and then obviously the defensive line as a whole, um, there's a lot to like here early in the season for sure. Bram, seven defensive linemen have already recorded at least half a sack. Yeah. In two games. So it's, that's what I think is, has been, I mean, Abdul Anderson has, has made a couple plays. So, and, and James Stewart Williams has had some nice rushes. Casey Tuhill, they've all been doing something, but it starts with those guys up front. Allen, and it's funny because Deron Payne had a loud game. John Allen had a really good game. It's just that, you know, he didn't make the splashy plays, but he forced some plays to be made by others because of what he does and is just his power pushing behind back, Montez Sweat. So that to me is where the, the I think the um, true, I wouldn't say hope, but where it's like that's where they're dominating you know, being very good. So, but then, you know, then you have Sam Howell. Let's start with the two point, excuse me, the two minute stuff too. I think that's a good place to start. It's funny because one of the plays in the two minute situation on Sunday with Sam Howell, it was almost like when they talk about Howell's ability to learn and learning from his mistakes. So yeah. last week, almost the exact same spot, almost about the same time he spins out of a, a would be sack and he is loose with the ball. He fumbles, touchdown. We all saw that. This time he spins out of a near sack and throws it away. And then the drive continues, right? And so I just thought it's little things like that where I think he does has done a good job of progressing, but then he just throws some darts in that situation. And that yeah. to me is like he doesn't <clears> – <throat> he plays with confidence in those situations. Yeah, he does. Um, he's ahead of the curve. You know, there's, there's like – through the spring and the summer, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you like what you see. And, you know, then, you know, when, when you say that, you know, often, you know, people are like, oh, you're just putting on, you know, commander glasses and you're trying to be possi positive about it. And and I, I just called it the way I saw it. I mean, he's yeah. going to be the most accurate quarterback they've had here since Kirk Cousins. Um, I really like his disposition. Um, mm -hmm. He is very tough. I mean, go rewatch how many times he got hit and got rid of the ball. He stood in there and took it. Um, oh, he is willing to, too. yeah, and to, to your point, to his own detriment at times, he extends a few too many plays. So, I mean, and there, there's going to be, there's some mistakes, right? There's going to be some mistakes, um, yes. but he's throwing darts. 
Um, he's he, the second week in a row that in the two minute drill, he's gone to a secondary target and thrown a dime like the, on a necessary play to keep a drive alive. The, the cold, the John Bates play was what third and 13, something like that, that he hit. It on. That was a, yes. I love that play because that that's a throw you make with confidence. It's funny because again, after the game, I said, you know, I asked him about that as we were leaving the press conference, like about that throw. It's like, well, that's where I had to go. That's where I'm supposed to go with the ball. Like, yeah, but you got to make a bullet and you can't hesitate on that one. Cause if you hesitate, it's got to be accurate. Cause you got to get over the corner. Safety's coming over. If you hesitate at all, either it's a, it's a deflection or baits his head, you know, getting his head taken off, whatever, but it was just a decisive throw. And that's what I really, really like about him. And it's funny, Bram, because I would tell people with, with, um, with, with Sam, even in the spring or the summer, he has the traits that I think you need, and it starts with how he works. I think I think he's tough, and he has a good arm. And you combine all those elements, I think you're going to have a good package at some point. Yes. And there's a long way to go before we know what the finished product is. But, man, does he show up. And, yes, he's he has to improve in some areas because they all do, and he's only started three games. But I like the improvement. And there was another play. And again, it's funny because I was talking to one of my editors today about him. It's like two of the biggest plays in the game were an incompletion. Not biggest plays, but two of the signs of growth. Incompletion. Then if you remember another time, there was like a first and 10. Sprint roll out to the right. You have McLaurin and Dotson going out to the right. Not there. So he was going to stop and try and throw back. And then he tucked it and ran. I think he may have seen Cole Turner coming over and he and Terry getting close. But – the point is, it was a smart decision, and I think he's—I think he did a good job of taking care of the ball. It's another step for him. Yeah, I, um, no turnovers last week. Um, you know, he's been sacked ten times. I'd say half of them are on him, frankly. Yeah, and then yeah. there's a few others that clearly are not. You know, and so like the offensive line is going to be something that that's interesting to watch here. Um, but they had a lot of moments that I think are very positive for me too. Screen game is way better than it was a year ago. Not, and I mean, not even close. Like. It, they were non-functional in a screen game a year ago with the exception of some of the tight end screens that they ran this year. The running back screens are being set up. I got to give EB credit on a couple of the calls. They brought some pressure in and took advantage of it. We saw Gibson in space, which was a really great sign because he can be devastating with the ball in his hands. Now, I thought that was Brian Robinson's best game, maybe outside of the Eagles win a year ago, but I thought it was his overall best game. He had a couple of moments where he hit a couple of crease, got some creases, got small, turned in some bigger runs than we're accustomed to seeing from him. You know, there's a lot of good here. And the second week in a row that, that they were the way better second half team, which is always a really, really, really good sign. So two minute drills working. Um, the parts about that that I love is not only is he making big throws, they are buttoned up. They're getting to the line. There's no fire drill. This oh. is a guy in his third start. He's in a, in a first road start. They're snapping the ball within 10 seconds. They're lined up. Nobody has any confusion. I mean, like, That's think about point. all these teams that are struggling to score here early. Washington's got a top seven scoring offense, and they've scored, what is it now, 13 points in the two-minute drill over the last couple of weeks, or the first couple of weeks, and a first season under new coordinator. Like, I, I want to give EB a lot of credit here. I want to give Hal some credit, but, like, they're lined up. They're ready to go. They're buttoned up. The communication is there. No fire drills. Nothing like that. So that's been to me has been one of the really surefire signs that EB's had a massive effect here early. Is the way the two minute drills have functioned at the end of both first halves of the first two games. I think that's a great point because we haven't seen the delay of game yet. And when you have a new coordinator and a young and a young quarterback, 
how often do you see that? But but this is where this is where it goes back to the practice situations, right? Because the one thing they practice all like we would hear it over and over again, get out of the huddle, get out of the huddle, you know, take control of the huddle. Like, but he was very big on getting out of the huddle at a certain time. And and just everything was with tempo and pace. And it's, this is paying off. Now, I think the other part of that is second half of games. One of the things that Nikki and I talked about this after the game, or actually the next morning from the Denver airport, but it's about um, the way that they practice and how it prepares them to maybe handle the fourth quarter of games because they were going so doing so many plays yeah. that I think the conditioning was a lot different. So I think so far through two games, I think it's made a difference. Yeah, I think also, um, listen, the time has kind of come around for the core group of these players to put up or shut up, really, frankly. And it is very, very, very early. It was, it was funny, like I was looking through because the last time they've been 3-0 and was 2005, Joe Gibbs' right. second yeah. season, right? They were 5-6 and six that year. Like, yeah. so just because you get a really good start doesn't mean it's going to carry over, but this is a really good sign for Rivera. You know, this has been a slow starting team through the first three years. He's gotten a couple wins. I think this was a big one um, to come back from 18 down on the road against anybody. I don't care what you think of Denver. Like that that's a really a, good, comeback. A great comeback. They were absolutely dominating them. I would question the one decision of kicking a 59 yard field goal with the score tied in the third quarter. Not because I didn't think Joey Sly could make the distance, but considering the issues with the operation and Cameron Cheeseman and considering how dominant your defense had been since the middle of the second quarter on, I would have made a case, and of course, in hindsight, it looks like the right thing to let Tressway, you know, uh, pin them and then let your defense do the job for you. And that, that might have been one mistake, but they overcame that again. I mean, they gave up that good field position. They gave up a field goal. They did not break. And the offense continued to just kind of walk down the field. Like when they hit the gas, especially on the defensive line, and I got to tell you, on the offensive of it too, Sadiq Charles had an outstanding game. It was his He was really good. Good in space, good on the line. Yep, I, I know Charles Leno had a really rough first half. Go watch him in the second half in front and out front and leading some of the blocks. Yeah. Some of this stuff that they're doing, traps in the middle and these zone rushes in the middle, they're getting gaping holes. Like yeah. there's a lot happening here early and especially in the second half. The mark of a good team is they're a second half team. The mark of a good team is in situational football. They're coming through. This stuff is happening early. You know, obviously the next two weeks are major, major, major show me games for them. Like, I don't care what you think of how the Bills have started the season or what you think of how the Eagles have started their season. These two teams are likely contenders and likely playoff teams. Let's find out what this team is all about early in the season now. Yeah, and I would say, you know, I don't know how good Denver is going to be, but to come from behind like that when you've played like garbage for the first quarter and they did they, they, all, one mistake after another, and it is a still a quality or a difficult place to play. So that was, you know, for a young for a young quarterback in that situation. I think also in bringing up the 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 run game a little bit, and tackles need to get better. And I don't know that they're going to. I think they're going to have to work around that. I think um, I think that's you know something they're just going to have to deal with. There's no their alternatives aren't out there. This is what they have. So, but they do have to get better. Um, but what I like with the run game is it's still to me an evolving one. And I say that because of Brian Robinson's progression and yeah. they still are working with him on being more patient. And I talked about this on the podcast earlier this morning, just when I went over the tape stuff and just like some of the runs that he had, where it's like early on, he, you could tell he wasn't quite as patient much more in the second half. And that's when the big runs start to happen and you get the receivers blocking down the field, etc. But when, so he's not even at a place where it's like, okay, he's running like, you know, he can, 
he's still learning it. And that to me is another reason for hope. And, you know, the other guy I like in this too is Chris Rodriguez. He guy, the kid can block. He can block. Place to tell us. But anyway, so I think Robinson is another reason for that hope along with how some of the, I think the interior of the line has done, has done fairly well. Yeah, so, I do too. I mean, Gates, there's some, Gates there is had some hiccups. Yeah, I think Gates is everything I thought he would be. He's a very aggressive player, um, and and I think they needed it. He's got a real edge to him. Cosby's oh, yes. been really – Cosby was great in week one. He was very good in week two. He He's very comfortable. Like He's a kind of quiet, very gentle guy. Like, you could see he's happy. Like And, and this matters. Like, he's happy. He's friends with Andrew Wiley. They have connected. Like, he is happy in this position that he's in. I think that stuff matters. You got to feel good about what you're doing every, you know, every week. And I, I feel like it's emanating from him. He was uncomfortable last year with all the things that were going on. He, he looks and is acting, and clearly on the field, he's showing a lot of comfort level. It's already been said. I thought Sidney Charles had his best game as a pro here yep. last week. I thought he, he, he was, was outstanding for them. I think Leno had some spots, obviously, um, but got better as the game went on and was actually very aggressive and out front on some of these runs and some of these screens. Like he was the one five, six, seven yards downfield. Yep. So yep. You know, there's there's a buy-in here that's going on. Tackles are an issue for them for sure. There's going to be mistakes. There's already been 10 sacks. Like, you know, we're going to have to, like every team, we're in a cap era. Every team's got weaknesses. You know, this team's going to have to overcome theirs. And I, one thing I just say about the run game, and we talked about this a lot during the summer as things were kind of progressing and materializing. Like, I wasn't sure that the running backs they had were a fit, frankly. Like, in just watching how what they were installing early, what they were trying to do, if either one of them really kind of fit. By the end of the summer, I felt like, and actually, you kind of heard it from Robinson and Gibson. Like, and there were, there were, you know, there was some talk about, like, let's get you guys on the same page with EB with what's going on here. By the end of the summer, by the end of camp, I felt really good about where Robinson was. And I agree with you that there's a lot more to go, but he's also very young in this. New oh, I think that's a good sign for that. Yes, but he's he's got a long way to go. But like I, by the end of it, I started to feel his comfort level was changing, and hopefully it's just going to keep getting better and better and better. I really think having Gibson having some success here in week two was really, really important because clearly they've, at least in the early stretch of the season, and I don't know if the fumble is is everything that has to do with it, they've gotten away with handing the ball off to him for now. Like, I know in week one he was supposed to play more than he did. I don't know if the fumbles would change their mind or not, but, like, I'm glad that they got him a play to give him a little more confidence because I was getting a little bit, I was getting a little bit worried about it. And with Gibson, I think the fit still needs to come around, but if they can figure out ways to get him in space, he can be the most devastating playmaker they have. So, you know, like it's all like for a couple of weeks, it's all good, but you listen, this is a, this is a long season. You think the Bengals are going to not go, are not going to win a couple games this year. You know, like this, it's a long year. The the Buccaneers are going to believe that, you know? So like, 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 I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. That said, this weekend, if they win, they go 3-0. and That stadium is going to be bonkers, and bonkers in a way that we haven't seen in a very long time. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code KIM, K-E-I-M. New customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with code KIM. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. 
In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. No, and I, you know, it's funny because I was just saying 2011, it did not go well after the 2-0 start. But I think a difference here is, and, and again, Nikki and I talked about this after the game, and you see like the happiness on a guy like like Terry McLaurin's face. And I and you know, Charles Leno talking about how it's a different feeling on the sidelines. And I think a lot of that different feeling comes back to Sam Howell. I think they know they have a kid who can develop it. I mean, three starts. And again, he hasn't been perfect, but it's only three starts, and he's shown a lot of good signs yes. that they can that they can build upon. I think he's a prime reason for hope. Chase Young yep. made some really nice plays. Yeah, had some really good rushes. He and did. had some areas where you say, okay, you know, because the coaches talk about this, and it's funny, but the coaches talk about like whether you know you got to communicate with the tackles, you got to get your you know get your refine your rushes a little bit, and you see some of that, and some of that could just be listen. He hasn't been on tape rushing NFL passers yet this year, really, or as a, against tackle. So, you know, you go and you clean things up and see what he does. But there was a lot to like about what he showed as well. Yeah. Um, the defensive line as a whole, I'll talk about Young in a second. The defensive line as a whole, that was cartoonish what was going on um, in the second half. Payne had a hat trick like I've never seen before. That was unreal. Allen isn't going to get credited for many plays, but he's standing in the backfield over and over and over. He, he helped others make plays. Sweat's extremely active. Their backups are pitching in. Seven players had a quarterback hit, John. Seven. That's Seven huge. different players had a quarterback hit. And on Chase Young, you know, it took a second, but once he warmed up, and I'll tell you the other thing I really like is, man, was Rivera harping on this early in his career. They want him to use his power. They want yes, him to use his power. power. He started to do so. The person who's blocking him is a person that got paid $90 million in the offseason, and he was pushing him five, six yards back into the backfield and having his way with him. I mean, that is an extraordinarily good sign. You know, they're, yes. they're, they're getting what they want out of him. And when these four are going, this is the dream. Like, this is what everybody thought the group could be a few years ago. It is finally all, at least for a couple of games, come together that for periods of time they are by far the best unit on the field by either team and mm-hmm. when they take over games which they have in the last couple of weeks it has led to comebacks it's led to dominant performances and it's led to what appears to be it feels like they're going to get a turnover on every play they had back-to-back plays yeah. where they had Forbes could add an interception. Forbes did get an interception. They could have caused multiple fumbles. And then the other one I just want to mention before we get, because I I know we're going to get some questions. Jamin Davis flashed. And I mean, that is an incredible sign. Like I've been saying this for two years behind Chase Young. He's their best athlete on the defensive side of the ball. If we could ever get him to a place where he's instinctually going and you saw it on two plays and one that honestly flipped the momentum of the game by causing that fumble. That was LeVar Arrington against the Carolina Panthers in 2001. Yes. I mean, and for anybody who remembers that. But, and I, you know, the funny thing is with, with the, you brought up the two back to, you know, the Forrest near miss of the interception and then the Emmanuel Forbes pick. 
on both plays, Chase Young is in, in Wilson's face. And I think on the second one, he impacted that his vision and the throw because he had to throw it too early and the receiver wasn't ready and he kept running downfield. So I think that that was a big deal for him. The thing I'd like to see with Chase is, again, narrow your rushes a little bit. He's getting – sometimes you get a little bit too far upfield, maybe a little bit too wide, but that's what – you know, getting it on film, seeing it, and then putting it in there – I think that will be a big help for him. See what he does in week two, because when you're facing Josh Allen, you need to keep him in the pocket. I mean, he can hurt you from anywhere, but he really can hurt you when he extends plays. And so you want to make sure that they maintain that, that rush. It's sometimes going to break, but you got to maintain it as much as you can. So, but I thought like if he can, it's his first game back. And if he can, you know, if he can keep building on that, yeah. I mean, my goodness, like what is this line going to do? And it could be, like you said, that we finally see, what this group is capable of together. And if they have that kind of a year, it's going to be a fun year, I think, for this franchise. Uh, all right, so you want to answer this one, Pac-Man. Sure. So if Montez and Chase both have dominant years, do you pay them both? Or how do you even choose who to keep? And I, I think well, we're way too early to know the answer to that question. I mean, we're off of a couple of games, but it, it, this is going to be a storyline for the rest of the year. And they knew that when they set it up by not extending Montez and not picking up the fifth-year option on Young. I think if if I would say in this case, they'll extend Montez Sweat at some point. I would be surprised if they don't. And, you know, because that's been the name that he, all for a while I've heard, you know, want to extend Montez, you want to extend Cam Curl. I don't, you know, I know with the ownership change that has slowed things. They have, they have, I know that for the football side, that's a priority. The ownership side, they have a ton of priorities. And, it, and so they'll get to that. I don't know when. It may be already started. But I think Montez Sweat would be the guy they're going to keep. The way you keep him, too, is it, you can always keep uh, Chase Young on the franchise tag. And so, and then maybe kick that deal down another year if you want or just see what he does again next year. But that's also another possibility as well. So that's the way you can keep them both. And you can keep them both, especially if Sam Howell continues to progress and you don't have to pay yeah. a quarterback a lot of money. All right. Let me ask you about the one thing. It's a total hanging Chad and – I know you know more about it than I do because I wasn't paying close attention to what was happening today. But there's been bad snap after bad snap after bad snap. And they happened again on Sunday. And I think it really ruined the operation on the first field goal against Denver. And, you know, it hasn't cost them yet, but it came close to costing them the other day. I know they brought long snappers in. So so what do you think? What's happening? They're They're keeping Cam Cheeseman for now. However, you're bringing him in now. You, I don't know how much longer you can live with it. I think what they what it came back to is that they felt like after that one bad snap that everything else was really good. And so I think they, they're falling back on that. And I think, you know, they clearly like him because they've kept him. But this has been an issue. We saw this in training camp, Bram. We saw this in practices. Yes. We saw it at, at other times. That would be my concern is will this, you know, does this end or is this going to be, you, you don't know when it's going to happen. And, you know, what if it happens on a crucial extra point? I mean, you know, and I think that's the problem. But they brought by the game because of it. It's something. No, I know. They're lucky they haven't yet. Right. And I, you know, and I don't know if they're waiting necessarily for that to happen or, but I will say, Rivera called it a concern last week. They brought guys in this week. I mean, clearly Cam Cheeseman is on notice. And so I, I don't know how long a leash it is. But he's on notice because you don't bring five long snappers in to to work them out unless you have serious interest. In yeah. Them. Well, and uh, here's Kevin said this, and and they've it, it's not a rumor. They've told us this. They told Kevin us Cheeseman was making adjustments to his snapping routine, and like, I, and they're asking first, is there any truth to this? Yes, because they yeah. they talked yeah, about they this. Talk about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I also I can't answer the second part of this question. Why is that happening? Because uh, be I, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, and to be honest, like we we t- we heard that from Tress Way. It wasn't Cam. You don't talk to the long snappers all that often. Although I have a feeling this week we'll be at his locker, so I think that will be a question to get to probe more. But Tress talked about it, and I forget I forget the exact reasons, but he was just trying to kind of. I say Tinker was something, and that was also the name of one of the long snappers. His last name is Tinker. But um, I, was just, I think he was just trying to do it. You know, I mean, you're always like Nick Sunberg would would tinker with his game as well. But that dude was really good. And, you know, it's funny because you talk to other people, they'll talk about like with the long snappers, it takes a few years to get to really get this down in the NFL. It's really hard for specialists to, you know, you don't have much margin for error. You know, a lineman yeah. can come in and miss a block, but they're going to still play you. Because yeah, I got to tell you, like Tressways, it's amazing how many times he's dealt great. with these snaps and got them down. But you know, after Joey Sly missed one, that might—that's my secondary concern. Okay, so Tressways saving the day every single time. Mm-hmm. It's clearly messed up the operation, and he missed that first field goal badly. I don't need Joey Sly thinking about this and missing right. kicks because he's thinking about it. Right. So no, it throws the, the whole operation is off if these yeah. snaps are going to be like this, and if you're worried they're going to be like this consistently. So that- you know. I, I I I don't know what the answer is, and I didn't see any of the workouts, and they have to make the right decision. But th- this is we're at a situation here where I think Ron Rivera is kind of at a, and I don't blame him. Last straw, like there's I only so many it. chances you're going to get, yeah. and this is the. I'm sorry, like I like the guy too, but this is the NFL, and losing games cost people jobs, and they can't lose games over this. They just they just can't. No, and because and we've seen this now for a month and a half. So, you know, that's why I say you're bringing him in now. I think it's like, I think they're falling back on, well, the rest of his snaps were good. Let's see how he responds this week. Yeah. But you just, you have to hope if you're them that it doesn't cost you a game. Yeah, I agree. Um, what did you think of the play? Who was I? Oh, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, um, what did you think of the number of receivers? that Hal is finding already. I mean, I know we've talked about him already, but it's a secondary thing that is really standing out to me. Everybody is literally involved. Everybody. He doesn't seem to focus in on any particular player. And it's pretty amazing, honestly. I think that's also a sign of him getting through progressions and and sticking with that. And I think that's a really, again, a good sign. And, you know, it's funny because they know, they he knows when he needs to go to Terry. Right. And you'd like to still see him get a little bit more involved. But shoot, if you're scoring 35 points, I think Terry McClellan is going to be pretty damn happy, you know, because he is going to give some plays. But, yeah, I think he does a really good job spreading the ball around. I think Biennemi does a good job of using a lot of guys as well, because we've seen a lot of De'Ami Brown. We've seen Pringle in there. You know, um, they, they, they get Rodriguez involved, not in the pass game, but they're getting him involved. So they're using – you know what, in some ways, Bram – and you remember when Greg Williams was the defensive coordinator here, he used yeah. everybody on that D. And, yeah. and I think they do a lot of that on offense. But I think Sam does a good job getting through his progressions. And there's sometimes that's where sometimes the holding the ball a little bit comes into play. Like, how quickly are you going through them? But when you get through them and you can get it to the second or third guy, like, that's really good. That, yeah. that's, he's, he's a smart quarterback. You know, we haven't had 2-0 and in a long time and felt this good for a long time. Um, this is a 
major show me game. I heard it's a sellout again, which I think is great that we're going to see this. I do think there will probably be a lot of people wearing blue just because those tickets have sure. been acquired, you know, before the season starts. But any of the late sales are obviously welcome. You know, you're riding the wave. It's amazing. Um, I think this weekend also is going to be very telling about the defense. Like I, what I can't quite figure out what Josh Allen is because he's so boomer bust these days where he's willing to give the ball away. And then at the same time, we know what they're capable of and how explosive they can be. I haven't had a chance to watch a ton of them yet, but I expect to see what I saw last year, considering how many turnovers they've already had during the season. So I do wonder if there's ways to maybe induce some of these mistakes out of him because I think they're going to need it this weekend. Well, and I think the one thing that's where I, and I had talked to Elena today about and just what the big difference was in Josh Allen from week one to week two and what he talked about all offseason about taking care of the ball. So you'll get some good insight from her. That'll come out Thursday. But the bottom line is, like, he wasn't forcing the ball the other day. And I think yeah. that's was the big thing. They have some – they have ta- – they the, the difference for them, too, on Sunday was their run game. And that's one thing that, you know, the, this team, the commanders, did not do a good job early on against the run. They're going to have to be a little bit more stout because if you start letting James Cook run on you, get into the outside and all that, and they had some problems on the edges – and I think they're going to get tested more on the edges. And I think teams are going to test, you know, Emmanuel Forbes on the edge and and just test them overall. Just And just the linebackers getting over there. Are they not getting over there, right? So they're going to keep being tested on the edges, and that's going to be a guy they have to really to corral. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I'll just point out from the other day, I thought that, like, I mean, the drive after the Jamin Davis fumble was really incredible. Like, they ran a number of plays that they hadn't really run much of. Like they found Cole Turner, then they go back to John Bates, then they run a jet sweep. And all of a sudden, like they, whatever their tendencies were, they were gone. So I really think week two, Eric B enemy, it really showed up. Like they should have had more points than they did when they got down 21 to three, they had the missed field goal. They had a couple of drives that were going the right way. Like, honestly, it would have been their first 40 plus point game in a while. So right. Eric B enemy for, for really second go around, I thought really showed up, showed out. I mean, this is now, let's see the the commanders. I think I just, I checked it today. I think they're like number seven in, in scoring offense, which is a wild improvement from where they were a year ago. And I don't want to extrapolate too much on that because it is two games and everybody's played different opponents. It's really hard to make a comparison at this point, but the early returns of, we want to go with Sam Howe. And Eric Bieniemy is going to give us an offense that can be not only more explosive but can produce more points. Both of those things have rung completely true. Um, can they get themselves in a situation where they're not down in the third or fourth quarter, especially against you know maybe higher level contending teams? Let's see, because they could use a little bit better starts. But you know, honestly, winning in this league is very, very, very hard to do. And frankly, like I couldn't be really more impressed by the way that they've been resilient. And as a second half team, they've been absolutely dominant at times. And it's been just an incredible start. And I think, again, I go back to for the start to build on, you still have a young quarterback. He's going to learn things. And so and you have a young running back who is still admittedly learning what what he needs to do in this offense. So there are ways there clearly are ways that they can improve. And that's that's what I think for them would have to be the encouraging sign is you have all that. And then you, again, you just got Chase Young back. And, you know, so there's a lot of things that, you you know, the the, the final piece of the defensive puzzle, I mean, first of all, they've had a couple coverage breaks the last two weeks that have led to big plays. That has to, that's something you have to work out because you can't keep giving those big plays. 
And then I think, I think they need to get a little bit more production out of Cody Barton, <laughs> to, to be honest. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, I think those are things that you're going to have to see because that can help you take another step. And we're going to see some good linebackers this week, especially with Matt Milano, right? So I think you can see the impact of that. Does you know? Does he get? Does Barton get more use of this defense? How does that improve his play? Because it's going to have to improve. So I think there are reasons that you can look and say they're off to a good start, but this is where you can say they can keep building on it too. There's a question for you: If Wiley keeps struggling, what are the chances they would move Cosby back to tackle and move Ricky Stromberg, the rookie, to right guard? Well, that that's a good question. The one thing they told Cosby though is we're moving you to one spot and you're going to stay there. I think you just talked earlier about how happy he is. I think because he's in a good spot, not mentally, but also position wise, yeah. and he's having success. And so I but the one thing they promised him is you you if we're moving you to guard, you're gonna stay at guard. So I don't see him going back out there. What I would see is, but I I I, I would I could see more is if you would you put Cornelius Lucas in instead. I don't think they're close to that, first of all, because teams are never gonna admit certain things. But I don't, I don't see that at this point. But I don't see that at all at this no. point. No, 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 not at this. Certainly not at this point. And and I don't no, know that I ever see Cosby that. doing that. I, I, I oh, Cosby I, staying at guard. Yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm saying like the only thing I, the only thing I would do if they made a move at tackle, I would see them bringing Lucas in at right tackle versus moving Cosby to guard because or to tackle because they told him they would keep him at guard. And you know it's funny because Stromberg did a did a nice job this summer, but he has a ways to go and. I think you'd probably, you know, if you do that, you may be, you're going to weaken some of what your inside is, but not because Stromberg couldn't do it. But I think Cosme is just going to, is just better. And I think, you know, there's just, so I think it's, I, I like their interior right now. I think the way you can help Wiley, and this is one thing I talked about this in the podcast this morning, but Logan Thomas does a really good job chip, chipping the ends and yep. you're going to have to keep helping him chip. And they did that in Kansas city for him. The enemy knows that he was there clearly and he called some of those so i think that's one of the ways you're going to have to help him and then the screen game will help and i freaking love how well they executed on those screen games and just the design the setup everything man it was just it was it was well executed in the the best executed screens i've seen here in a long time yeah all of them yeah no it's it's been a really good sign here for a while and i mean you know some of it is the athleticism interior offensive line which they just have not had over the last couple of years and last year was by design by the choices that they made and the players that they selected and now they have aggressive young guys who can move and and it was it was great to see and and you know and the last thing i'll say on the screen too and again i talked about this on the on the film breakdown but the one of them and we watched the enemy just harp 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 on the details for these screens and where the running back has to catch it. You need to be here. And if you weren't there, he's going to get pissed. He's going to put you back. But it was a de- the detail execution where, where Gibson catches the ball in relation to where the linebacker is, how they froze the linebacker, allowing Charles to get out in space. And it gave him, it would just work beautifully. And I think that's to their, to the, to be enemy's credit. What was that question? Brad? The question was, uh, it was a description of uh, EB being the uh, Greg Williams of mm-hmm. offense. Very similar, very, you know, intense, aggressive people. Um, what are your thoughts there? And what are the players saying? Well, if they said it off the record, we can't tell They're, you that. Yeah. <laughs> that part we can't tell you. But what are you hearing about? Because remember, it was a big storyline early in camp when Ron did the foot and mouth thing about guys are adjusting to all of this. And he actually meant it in a positive way. It didn't come off that way, obviously. He meant it in a positive way. Um, but what are you hearing from the players? Because I've heard 
good things. And I, I already mentioned it earlier. I think the two-minute drill at the end of the first two first two halves of the first two games ought to tell you everything about how buttoned up this offense is in comparison to the last few years. Listen, you know what coach what players like is pr- is production. And if you're producing, they're going to like what you they're going to buy into what you're doing. So the funny thing is, and so bear with me for a minute here, but on the day that Rivera said all that stuff, and we're out, you know, he says it, he goes to practice. And but yet social media, all this stuff is blown up because of what Rivera said. Well, they're at practice. He doesn't know what's going on. So what you know, he goes out to practice. They have a really good offensive practice. And after that practice, he tells BM me, they're really buying into you. He's like all pumped up because he said they're buying into you. They're buying into this. And it wasn't like it was a whole mess of guys going in there. Most of the guys I I the guys that I talked to have bought into him because of how they feel like, you know, just the it's not, it's not like he yells or he's loud at practice, but it stems not from like you get some coaches that are angry and all that for him. It all stems from intense passion players feed off that. So yeah, I'm sure like there are going to be days where it may grate on them. I'm sure because I heard some of that from the defensive guys. They were like, you know, yeah, I wonder how long that will last, you know, just, but, but I, but everything I've heard has been good, especially, and that was a one day thing. It really didn't go anywhere because I don't think it has gone anywhere. And so I, it's, to me, it's been a big time positive for them. And, you know, I mean, they know like Jahan Dotson said it, he wants to make me better. And, and they're all for that. Yeah. I think Brian Robinson had to come around early. He did yeah, I, he yeah. Looked better. I think Gibson's had to come around or really more. They're asking him to do things a little bit differently. Than and that's more from style than it is about just, yeah, it is. Yep, you know, I think Terry was all all on board. Jahan's been all on board. We were wondering about Curtis Samuel. How would he take to all this? He's been great. You know, he's had a very Samuel. Samuel really likes him. Yep. So you know, like, listen, it's <laughs> winning cures everything too. And when you yeah, win, when you you. you're scoring thirty something points a game. Everybody's going to be happy. And yeah, yeah. Um, you know, let's let's see what happens the next couple of weeks because I think these are true test. You know, listen, Buffalo. I don't know whatever, you know, I think that they're probably kind of set up for not being as good as they've been, but I still think they're, you know, potentially sure. a contender, right? Philadelphia, I think has been a little wonkier than maybe people expected or not me, you know, changed both coordinators, lost a lot of starters on defense. So I'm like, I didn't expect them to be as good as they were, but I still think their roster is so good. They're very good. And clearly they're likely a playoff team and potentially more. So the next two weeks are going to be very, very telling early season about where this team really kind of is. Agreed. And I think that's what makes it fun. But they're off to a obviously the kind of start that people, I think, I'd say hope for because you'd like to. I think people say, oh, you blow out Arizona. But 2-0 is the best you can do. And that's all that, that, that really matters. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So, yeah. No, I think it's been great. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. And this it's fun to it's just fun to have. Josh Allen's still the quarterback. Yes, he is. That <laughs> Allen always makes them dangerous. As long as he's there, he's going to be dangerous. But the fun part is the enthusiasm that's surrounding everything now is it just, it's a lot more fun to be around that. Gee, you think the toxicity <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. So even for guys like us, anyway, Bram, I appreciate you joining me. Thanks to everybody who dropped by. Appreciate all the questions, and the comments. Always love when you guys tune in again, I'll be back on Thursday, kind of given some stuff I got from the locker room, but also, Uh, talking about the Buffalo Bills with my ESPN counterpart in Buffalo, Elena Getzenberg, Friday Keys and Predictions. And we also have, for you college football fans, my son Matthew will be on Between the Hashes. That comes out, I think it's Friday. So, folks, 
Thanks a lot for tuning in and talk to you next time.